All right. We're still uh, passing the trays here, so we get uh, get that taken care of. Go ahead and be turning in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. You say, oh my, we're, we're beginning, actually chapter 2. Uh, we're actually going to start right at the beginning here. No, Genesis chapter 2. Okay, title of the lesson of the day is Sweet Friendship. Everybody likes friends, right? Yeah. Hard to find a person that doesn't like friends. People, uh, people enjoy other people, at least uh, a lot of the time. They don't always, maybe. But we always want to have good friends, and we always hope we do have good friends. We all have uh, times in our life where we, uh, we think, wow, I wish my friends were a little bit better. But, uh, you know, uh, maybe we'll, we'll work on that today, because uh, we'll work on you. Uh, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe you'll become a better friend and there, uh, thereby having a better friend yourself. But uh, we're going gonna to set some things up here. We're going to end up in the book of Proverbs, but we're going to look at some things in getting to it about friendship that I think will be helpful. In Genesis chapter 2, you there? Okay, now prior to that... Uh, in Genesis 1 and 2, going into this, it, it, it goes through the, the creation of all the uh, different aspects and sort of components of creation. At the end of it, it says, and God looked at it and said it was good. And God looked at this and said it was good. And God uh, created that and it was good. And then you have this comment in verse 15. It says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it is not good. Now everything else has been, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. Then it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And we know the story goes on, and Eve is created, and there you have uh, you know, the Garden of Eden and, and uh, Adam and Eve and all that. But the comment, remember, man at this time doesn't mean man meaning a male. It means the creation, because he was it. It is not good for people to be alone. To have nobody it is really an unusual person that doesn't want to have friends. Right. Yeah. That, now, there may be people that don't have friends, and there may be reasons for that, but it is almost universal that people feel a need in their life, I want to have some friends in my life. I want to have some people along with me. Now look over, uh, a lot of you know this passage by heart, but John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus makes a comment about relationships of His followers. John 13, 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. If you love each other, it's implied you have a relationship, right? Okay? Love one another. As I have loved you. We're going to come back to that a little bit later. By this all men will know you're my disciples if you love one another. And so this idea that we need friendships is built sort of in our, our DNA that we need it. It's not good for people to be alone. They need other people around them. And Jesus says that if you're my follower, it's actually one of your strong suits 
By all the, by by this, all men will know you're my disciples. Your relationships with each other, your love for one another. Okay, now let's let's get our mind going a little bit now along this idea of friendship. What are some other names for friend and friendship? Buddy, buddy, someone's a buddy. My buddies, my pals, my my homie. Okay, yeah. Uh, a, a confidant, okay. Now I've got several more here you haven't hit yet. Come on, some of my teenagers down here. You guys can't come up with any more? Let's go. Come on. Yeah, back there. Yeah, you. A lad? Okay, yeah. A confidant. Yeah. Companion. Companion, there you go. Comrade is another way uh, to, to say that kind of thing. Compadre. Compadre. Compadre, wow. Man, you pulled that one out. Are you cheating over there? You did. You, 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 you went to your thesaurus and you're picking out names. Okay, amigo. Yeah. And what is that in French? Ami. Ami. In French, amigo. In uh, in Spanish, yeah. What? Okay. How about partner? My partner. If two guys are really good friends, it's called a a bromance. <laughs> Okay, so we're getting our mind going here a little bit on the idea. What are some noted relationships or friendships in Scripture? David and Jonathan is the low-lying fruit, okay? Easy easy there. (laughs) I didn't mean that bad, I didn't mean that bad. It's It's just the most obvious one, yeah. Okay, David and Abigail, good, good. They were later married as well. You can be friends and be married. Uh, yeah. I have that one, Ruth and Naomi. Sons of Thunder. James and John, they were brothers. Uh, uh, how about Elijah and Elisha? You know, they had a good relationship with each other. Uh, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Titus, you know, Paul and a number of different people uh, along the way. How about bad relationships in the scriptures? Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, they were brothers, but the bad relationship there, no, no doubt. Uh, okay, Samson, Delilah, they, they also uh, had a little bad thing going on there. How about Job and his friends? Job and his friends, not, not a very good one. Uh, oh, this, this is a parable, but uh, the prodigal son and his friends... It says when uh, you know there's a famine and uh, he had all these friends around him and there's a famine and uh, no one gave him anything to eat and so you have sort of this uh, you know good friends uh, uh, kind of thing and you have bad friends uh, uh, that are also made reference to. Okay, now let's get into this a little bit. I want to set up this thing and then we're going to get the proverbs. Okay, we're going to get the proverbs. Don't worry, but I want to set up something that's very important. 
And, and please listen to this. This right here is, is worth the price of admission. Okay. Times of loneliness are a part of everybody's life. There's not a person in this room, there's not a person alive that doesn't have times in their life where they're not lonely. That happens in everybody's life. And we're going to look at a couple of scriptures here to, to, to show that from David and Paul. But wasn't it interesting, when we went through the good relationships, David and Paul are mentioned as, oh yeah, they've got a lot of great friends. But we're going to see passages that they wrote where they reference the fact that they feel like, hey, my friends aren't doing their job for me right now. Have you ever felt that in your life? Yeah. Man, my, my friends just, man, I need better friends. You know, because they seemingly, at least I feel like right now, they are not meeting my needs. That's a normal feeling. Very, very uh, connected to that. Many times when people become Christians, they think, hey, I, I, I want to become a Christian. One of the main reasons I want to become Christians is that I want these relationships with other Christians. And then whether it's a week, a month, a year, or whatever period of time, somewhere down the road in their Christian life, they think, you know, my friends as Christians aren't meeting my needs. This is a normal thing. I want to I want to convince you of that this morning. Every person alive at one time or another is lonely and feels like their friends around them aren't meeting their needs. Now, is that true? Uh might be. It's altogether possible that my friends at times, feel like, man, Marty's a real dud. I thought he was going to be a great friend, and now I'm finding out he's not a great friend like I thought he was. Now, is that true? Might be. It is altogether possible that a person can want to be a good friend to somebody and not meet their needs. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, now, let's look over at this. Let's look at David first. Look over to Psalm 38. This is a Psalm of David. Psalm 38. You there? Okay, he starts out, Oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Oh wow, well he's not feeling real good at the moment, is he? He's afraid that God is mad at him. For your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down upon me. Because of your wrath, there's no health in my body. I don't even feel good. My bones have no soundness because of my sin. He says, now I know that I've done some wrong things and maybe that's what really the problem is. He's debating that a little bit back and forth in his mind. He says, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Sometimes guilt can be that way. When you feel bad about something you've done, you know it's wrong and you feel guilty. And you know, people say, well, I wish I didn't feel guilty. Well, you do feel guilty. Why do you feel guilty? Because you did something that makes you feel guilty. If you understand, and so if you do something that makes you feel guilty, maybe you should not do those things that make you feel guilty. But anyway, he did it, and he said, it's a burden. I can't seem to get away from it. 
My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. And he says, man, I can't believe I did that stupid thing. You ever have that conversation with yourself? You ever call yourself stupid? Yeah, I do. So did David. Man, I can't believe I did that stupid thing. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There's no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before You, O Lord. My sighing is not hidden from You. My heart pounds. My strength fails me. Even the light is gone from my eyes. He says, man, I am just down. Now look at this. My friends and companions avoid me. Is he feeling close to his friends? Not at all. My neighbors stay far away. Those who seek my life set their traps. Those who would harm me talk of my ruin. He's becoming paranoid now. Not only are they not meeting my needs, they don't like me and they're out to get me. You ever feel that way? This is David. This is David of David and Jonathan. And what's going on in his life now? He's saying, man, my friends are duds. They're talking about me. Those who would harm me talk about ruin all day long. They plot deception. I'm like a deaf man who cannot hear, like a mute who cannot open his mouth. This guy's really feeling out of it right now. I have have become like a man who does not hear, whose mouth can offer no reply. I wait on you, Lord. You will answer, O Lord my God. For I say, do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when my foot slips. For I am about to fall and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. He comes back to this. I know the real problem here is that I've done wrong. I've sinned. And I know that's what's really, really bothering me. His many of those who are uh, many of the, who are my vigorous enemies, those who hate me without reason, are numerous. Those who repay my good with evil slander me when I when my, I pursue what is good. O Lord, do not forsake me; be not far from me. O my God, quickly come quickly to help me. O Lord, my Savior. Okay, so here you got David of David and Jonathan. Now you got David here saying, "Hey, I feel all alone. I don't think my friends love me. I don't think they're being good to me. I think they're conspiring against me." All this kind of stuff in his life. Now it is important to understand. He ultimately comes to the conclusion of, "I had better not rest on my friends, but I had better rest on God." Right. Okay, now look over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to see a very similar passage of Scripture uh, of Paul. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 9. Now this is Paul of Paul and Timothy, Paul and Titus, Paul, Mr. Awesome Friend. Okay? But look at it, look what he says here. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 9. You guys getting there? Yes. It's after 1 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Do your best to come to me quickly because Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to uh, Demaltia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful uh, to me in my ministry. I sent Tychius to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left in Carpus, uh, left with Carpus at Troas uh, and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker has done me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first offense, no one came to my support. Wow. Mister, I've got a bunch of friends. At my first offense, no one came to my support. But everyone deserted me. 
may it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Here you have Paul who's missed a relationship. And what's he say? Everybody deserted me. At my defense, there was nobody that spoke up for me. Everybody was gone. No one came. But once again, very much like David, what does he fall back on? All my friends seemingly didn't meet my needs, but what's he fall back on? God. God is always there. And when we're looking at, about friendship, friendship is not to be in the place of God. Your relationships as a Christian are very important in your Christian life. Jesus said, all men will know you're my disciples. Because of what? Because of your love for each other. Your relationships But your relationships are not to take the place of your relationship with God. The most important relationship you will ever have is not with your friends, even if they are Christians, even if they are really good Christians, and even if they've helped you umpteen times in your Christian life. They are not ever to take the place of your relationship with God. That needs to be the number one Relationship in your life. Marriage, you want to have a better marriage? Yes. The most important relationship is not with your husband and not with your wife. Your most important relationship is with the Lord. Husbands, you want to be a better husband? You need to make your relationship with God better and you'll be a better husband. Wives, you want to be a better wife? I'll guarantee you, be a better wife if your relationship with God is better. That is the number one relationship because people, even if they are awesome people, at times are going to let you down. And see, sometimes when people, they're Christians, and Christian relationships let them down, they're like, well, there you go. The church is a dud. I knew it. They're no better than everybody else. You are going to be let down in relationship whether you're in the church or whether you're not. (laughs) That's the truth. Christians don't always do right. They don't always make the best call. They don't always make the selfless call. Your number one relationship has got to be your relationship with God. Then... You can get your relationships with people going. Now, you're like, are we ever going to get to Proverbs? Okay, let's go to Proverbs. Number one, Proverbs chapter four. Got, got two, uh, two points here uh, about friendship from the Psalms. And there's really some good stuff here. Number one is choose good people to be your close friends. And as, as you're turning on over there, I, I want to I designate why I said close friends. Choose good people to be your close friends. There are levels of relationships in all of our lives. Right? Um, you know, uh, let, let's just level out some relationships, right? Okay, uh, you, you guys, are, you're not in school right now, but my teenager's down here. Uh, you've got people at school that you know, right? Right? You know their name. Oh, that's so-and-so. That's, that's Mary. That's Bill. That's Tom. You know, what, what, whatever. You know that person. You don't really have much of a relationship with them, but you do know them, right? You know their name, they know your name. That's a level of relationship. 
Now you also have, and, and let's put it out into the working world, uh, people at your job. You have a relationship with them, right? You know who they are. You know their name. They know your name. It's a level of relationship, right? But you've got deeper relationships than that person, right? There are people that you have a, a more of a bond with than that person. There are levels of relationships in all of our lives. When I say choose good people to be your close friends... Close friends are a small circle of people in your life. You say, okay, I've got, I've got 20 close friends. <laughs> uh, well, it depends on how you define close. I'm not defining close as 20. Because I don't think anybody has enough energy to have 20 close friends. Because the amount of energy and time it takes to have a close friend, you don't have enough time to do that with 20 people. My goodness, including your, 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 your children, your spouse, your, your extended family. Man, a lot. You're going to be, someone's going to think you're a lousy friend. If, if, you've got, if you've got 20 close friends, someone's going to say, you know, he's not a very good friend. You, I'm talking about a small circle of people. Let me put it to you this way. Jesus picked 12 apostles, right? And He's the Lord! If Jesus can only do 12, you can't do 20. It's, it's beyond your grasp, I'm telling you. It's beyond your pay grade. There's no way you can have 20 close friends. If Jesus could do 12, maybe you can do 4. You know? Maybe I can do 3, I don't know. But you've got to understand, the close friends are the people who really become, they're your mates. They're your amigos. They're your comrades. These are the people that you depend on. That person you know at school, you don't depend on them. You know their name, they know your name. You don't depend on them. You may not even like them. The close friends are the people that you really let into your heart. The people that you want them to know you. They're they're the close circle. And, and the Scriptures actually talk a lot about what do, you, what do you do with these people. Proverbs 4, you there? Okay, verse 14. Now this is a father talking to his son, giving advice. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. Uh, verse 14. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it, and go on your Way. What's this passage saying about friendship? You, you, you better be careful. Do not set your foot on a certain path, because if you set your foot there, you're going to go that direction. Chapter 13, verse 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. What's this saying? Exact same thing, right? Don't go a certain way. He who walks with the wise grows wise. But the companion of fools suffers harm. 
who you allow to be your closest friends without a question are going to have an influence on you. What you do, what you say, what you think is interesting, uh, it's going to lead you a certain way. And you have choice. I have choice. You know, sometimes as a minister, funny things happen to me. Years ago, this guy, and and he's really trying to be a a good guy about it, but he came up to me and and he he sort of grabbed me by the shoulders and he says, I'm going to be your best friend. (laughs) And and I said, well, do do I get a vote? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I think the guy was, was being sincere, but you can't. Do that to somebody. I'm going to be your best friend. Uh, you know, it sounds like a guy going up to a girl. I'm going to marry you. You know, in most cases, the girl's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> Big negatoro on that. I mean, no. I mean, close friends are somebody you choose close friends. You choose this person. They choose you. To be best friends. Now sometimes you do have an inequity in friendship and that one person thinks, we're best friends. And the other person is like, no, 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 we're not. And that, 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 that's, that, that's a whole other problem. But I'm talking about you as it pertains to you choosing who your friends are. Now let's take a pause for a moment and I want you to think. I'll just be here for about 30 seconds or so and be quiet. Who are your close friends? Now, you can put down your wife or husband. That's okay. But I'll come back a little bit later. If you do that, you may not hope you did. (laughs) Okay. 14.7. Stay away from a foolish man. Well, it's almost like he says the same thing in the Proverbs again and again. Chapter 22, verse 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. Or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Twenty-two, twenty-four. Right? I heard some murmuring. I didn't know if I gave out the wrong scripture reference or not. All these passages that we looked at are all about the idea of the choice you make of your friends. It's important to make a good choice in your life. Most of us who've lived very long in life can look back at least at one time and said, you know, I chose to be that person's friend and looking back, that was not a very good choice. That actually led me down a path that wasn't a very good path to go down. And and so most of us, or at least a lot of us, as we even think about it from a logical, experiential point of view, realize who you choose to be your closest influence, those are very, very important choices that you make uh, in in your life. You know, this level of relationships is an important thing uh, to understand even about Jesus. You know, Jesus was said to be a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus also said to His disciples, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. 
I, I submit to you that Jesus had different levels of relationships. When it says that Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners, that doesn't mean that they were part of the apostles. Jesus was friend to the tax collectors and sinners because He reached out to them and tried to be their friend so that He could influence their life in a positive way. But His relationship with His apostles, when He says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends, those are His close friends. And He's sharing close friendship with them. And we all understand as we go along. Okay, number two. Number one is choose good people to be your close friends. Number two, be a great friend. And this fits in the category, many of you have heard me say this before. Want a friend? Be a friend. Okay. The, 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 and and that, that's bad. Remember what, when Jesus says, uh, love as I have loved you? Jesus is saying, this is how I was a friend to you. Be a friend to other people the way that I was a friend to you, as I have loved you. Okay, Proverbs 12, 26. A righteous man is cautious in friendship, by, uh, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, I always like to look at the footnotes when they give you a footnote. Look at the footnote there if you have the, in the international version. It's, it's right down at the bottom there, A. It says, or... Man, meaning a righteous man, is a guide to his neighbor. But the, wick, but the way the wicked leads him astray. Friendship is being a guide for somebody else. It's helping somebody else in life. Remember when Jesus says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve? Right. Jesus didn't come... To have Peter serve him, he came to serve Peter and to be a friend to them. Friends do things for their friends. And this is something that some people struggle with and never really get in life. They, they really debate in their mind, why don't I have better friends? Well, it may be as simple as this. You're not a very good friend to have. Because you don't ever do anything for them. A good friend does things for their friends. They say, well, what kind of things? I don't know. Things. It's good to be, you know. What, what, what I think of my, my, my good friends is I think, you know what? I'm glad I'm friends with that person. Why do I think that? Because they do something for me. Now, I need to make sure that I'm being a good friend as well. So I need to be doing something for them. You understand what I'm saying? If you want a friend, be a friend. friend. And that's what this passage is saying. Okay, chapter 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. What is this saying about friendship? Friends stick by you when you're having trouble. Friends, they're going to stick by you when things aren't going good in your life. You know, nobody wants a friend that's a friend when, when everything's going great, but they're not a friend when, when you really need somebody. A good friend is someone who's going to stick with you when you're going through a tough time, when you're in a difficult spot. Right? Once again, their perspective of friendship is, what am, why am I a friend to this person? I am doing something for them. 
I am being a friend to them when they really need a friend. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, look at chapter 18, verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's the friend I want to be. I want to be the friend that someone says about me, listen, I'm the best friend. I've, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had a better friend than Marty. That's what you need to try to be that kind of friend to your close circle of friends. And see, once again, this is why you can't have 20 people. Nobody can do that. You can only have two or three, four people that you really are devoted to in that kind of way, that you really are going to stick with them through good and bad and all the different situations of life. Chapter 27, verse 6. You guys there? 27, 6. <laughs> wounds, wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. Then look down at verse 9. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of, 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 one's friend's, uh, of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. This brings up the idea of speaking the truth and love to each other, doesn't it? Uh-huh. That a good friend is actually going to say some things to you that you maybe not super want to hear, but you probably do need to hear, if you know what I'm saying. Once again, you want a friend? Be a friend. Now, if you are always advising your friends, you may find that your friends avoid you. You may want to figure out when to speak and when not to speak. But you must speak at some point in time to help a person in their life if you're going to be the kind of friend that, that they need and that God wants you to be. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. The things I, were, I would want you to go away with on this lesson are really three things. Number one... Loneliness at times is normal. If you're lonely, it isn't because someone's not being a good friend to you. It's just part of life. And, and you, you, you know, don't blame everybody. Every time you go through a lonely moment, it's not everybody else's fault. You're just lonely. And, and uh, you know, uh, do something to get out of your funk and, and whatever. But don't go blaming your friends and dumping your friends just because you feel lonely uh, for a couple minutes. Number two, choose wisely. Choose poorly and you'll pay the price. You'll pay a big price if you choose poorly. You've got to choose wisely when it comes to your close friends. And, and really, the, and the third thing here, guys, want a friend? Be a friend. Being a friend to other people uh, is, is so key to building good relationships. I hope you enjoyed our study today. hope you got a lot out of it. Have a great week, and we'll see you then. God bless.